It is your classic metal show right here on the classicmetalshow.com. That is Ron Keel with My Bad. And uh, it's my bad I didn't uh, get that bill paid the way it was supposed to be. <laughs> so nice. I so I just paid it. But unfortunately, right. I can't call out until I can switch that thing back over. You can't switch it over? No. Not until not until the payment registers. Oh, so I need to call Ron? Well, I guess. I mean, yeah, you're going to have to do it on your end. All right. Let's see if I can't figure this out. Let's see here. We can go to, no, not there. Add this. And I'm going to find my phone. Here's my phone. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Am I still on the air? Yeah, you're still on the air. All right. Hold, please. Um, see his phone number. Fuck me. Are you kidding me? I hate this fucking phone. What the 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 new one you got? Yes. Well, it's been months since you got it, and you told me that uh, within a few weeks you it would be just fine. I hate this fucking phone. It is the worst ever. <laughs> Let's see here, I will. I'm gonna have to copy it from here because I can't even get to it. This fucking junk, fucking faggot ass <laughs> and hate it all right i'm gonna try and call ron real quick can i do this can you call him on the skype in let me see here let's get to the keypad there's got to be a way to keypad isn't there shit we're technically savvy tech here we go there's the keypad let's do this paste do 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 well, Chris is doing that. I guess I'll just entertain you. <laughs> we just weren't uh, prepared. Are you there, Neely? I am here. Are you there, Ron? I am. Oh, there oh, he is. The one <laughs> and only Ron Key. Look, look at Chris, the technical wizard over there. <laughs> wow. I'm impressed. <laughs> How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again, guys. How you guys doing tonight? We're good. You're always welcome, Ron. You don't have to thank us. We're just one of the boys. Yes, you are. I appreciate it, man. Always, uh, always thrill and a lot of fun hanging with you guys on the air. Yeah, I, I saw, I saw your uh, your bandmate, uh, Mark Ferrari, last week at Nam. He was at Nam. Uh, he said one yep. of the he said one of the funniest things that he he just made me laugh. Because uh, I was hanging out with Bob Nelbandian, and we—he was in the uh, Mark was in the guitar uh, booth over there, and I went over there to shake hands with him. He goes, "Nope, nope, nope, Knuckles guys, Knuckles guys, I, I don't want to catch any of the Namthrax." Oh no, <laughs> Namthrax! <laughs> and now we have to worry about the coronavirus. Exactly. exactly. I, I, I don't mind Corona myself. I'm good. You know, if they could make a fireball virus. I'd take some of that too well well chris would definitely join you for that he's a fireball fiend i love the fireball right on <laughs> well i Ron, like it too i i don't drink it in sync but it has an adverse effect on my voice but there's there's other options <laughs> yeah well i'm i'm big on doing shots of fireball while chasing with jack daniels that's my that's my drinking oh, yeah. choice <laughs> Nice. Well, Ron, um, the reason I asked you to come on the show, not that there's ever really needs to be a reason, but 
I just got barraged in the last week of Ron Keelban doing this, Ron Keelban doing that, Ron Keelban doing this, Ron Keelban signing with new label. So I figured instead of us trying to cover it, it made more sense to have you come on and share everything that is going on in, um, you know, Keelaholic Central. I appreciate the opportunity to, to come on the Classic Metal Show and share the news with you guys. A lot of people have heard some of that stuff uh, that you just mentioned. Uh, Rock Hill Band signed a new recording contract, a multi-album deal with High Ball Music. And Bill Chavis, who has been a friend of mine for 20 years, we've been friends, we've watched each other evolve and kind of reinvent ourselves over the past couple of decades. And we've talked about working together and the time was right. I think it's a perfect fit for Ron Keel Band. And the first album on the, the new label is going to be released April 24th. And it's a collection of killer Southern Rock classic covers. These iconic songs, one from each of those Southern Rock uh, greats, like Marshall Tucker Band, Almond Brothers, Skinner, Blackfoot, Outlaws, uh, and some surprises mixed in there along the way and of course we've got the australian tour and the monsters of rock cruise and the canadian tour you know guys if if you told me in 1985 when the right to rock came out that hey ron 35 years from now you'll be doing your first ever tours of canada and australia i would have thought you were crazy i can't believe it took this long but i'm just glad we're getting to go and and uh perform in those places where i've never been i mean keel never even toured in canada we did one show in toronto in 85, that was it. So lots of exciting uh, concerts on the calendar, starting with the Monsters of Rock Cruise here in just a couple of weeks. Well, Ron, uh, I, we're, Chris and I were just talking before you uh, came on the show here, and this week I had the opportunity of uh, interviewing Lips Cudlow from the band Anvil, and uh, they've been around you know, since the late 70s. They started out and, uh, you know, they've been hanging in there for 40, you know, 40 plus years. And uh, he's telling me, much like yourself, this is like the pinnacle of his career as far as being busy. You know, he, he just like, you know, I, I can rely on my career as a musician to pay my bills. I don't have to work an outside job now. I, I have enough touring. I have enough merchandise. I have enough uh, interest in the band now to where, you know, we're touring, you know, six, seven months out of the year and selling merchandise and things, and it pays our living. And he said, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it wasn't like that. So I, I kind of, you know, see where that's going. So for you, I, you know, you're a workaholic anyway, but, you know, the fact that you're having this much success and having the opportunity to, you know, tour different parts of the world. Uh, all I got to say is that my hat's off to you, pal, for sticking it out for so long. Thank you, man. And that's the key. That really is the key, Neely, is sticking it out. Life is like baseball, only it's a lot easier because you get more than three strikes. <laughs> you know, literally, as long as you keep stepping up to the plate and swinging, every now and then, you know, you, you got a chance of hitting one out of the park. And I think... There are some similar parallels with, with Lips and Anvil and that, that story. Of course, they had that great movie and book to uh, reinvent their career and give them a second lease on life. But they stuck to their guns, too, and they've kept at it and never stopped. And, and uh, I think that's part of the, the key to the success. Some of it's luck, some of it's timing, some of it's uh, talent. But I've got a, a phrase that my mom passed on to me way back when in the, in the early 80s. 
and it says, and it's still written in my notebook, one of my songbooks that I carry with me everywhere. It says, if it is to be, then it is up to me. So I've always been bound and determined to make things happen. I don't like to sit around waiting for other people to pull the trigger. I like to make stuff happen, and you, you just keep trying to uh, to find ways to move the ball down the field. And, of course, these sports analogies, I'm full of them. I'm a huge sports fan. And I take some of my band-leading and business philosophies from some of the great coaches of all time and how they lead men, how they construct the game plan, how they put together all the right pieces to at least have a shot at some type of success or longevity. And yeah, a lot of it is luck. Yeah, but uh, so, much, so much has happened though, just the last 10 years since the Kiel reunion uh, launched uh, in uh, 2010 and 2009. And, and that certainly brought me back into the public eye with some of these big festivals like Rocklahoma. And now this is my eighth time on the Monsters of Rock Cruise, which is just a huge high-profile event and an opportunity for us to, to show the fans what we do and who we are, both on stage and off stage. And I'm one of those guys, man. Uh, I don't have any time off. Once I set foot on that boat, man, I am there for the fans. I like to hang at the bar. I like to do the, the meet and greets and the drink and greets and the eat and greets. <laughs> any type of greets, man, I'm in. And uh, I, I like to partake of all of the uh, – extracurricular activities like rock star swimming with sharks or whatever they've got going on, man, I'm going to sign up for it. I've got uh, not only the keel shows this year, but I've got a solo show as well on board. And I'll be joined during my solo show by a couple of guys from the Ron keel band for some of the songs off our last album, fight like a band. So I'm really excited about that. But Mark Ferrari's doing triple duty. This guy, he's, he's doing keel. He's got this, Cold Sweat Reunion, which was a great record, and the, the guys are back together for the first time since that album release to perform at the pre-party and on board, and plus Ferrari's doing the Cold Gin Kiss tribute thing, and so between you know Mark and I and the guys in Keel and the guys in Ron Keel band, they, they might want to re rethink the title of this thing and, and call it the Monsters of Keel Cruise. <laughs> nice. Well, Ron, for the Ron Keel band itself, are you surprised at how how it has turned into a full-time touring project? Because obviously when you started it, it was to, at least it seemed like it was to be the house band when, with Badlands Pawn. And obviously that went the way that went. But, you know, a lot of people, I think, probably expected that you would have disbanded and gone back to Vegas to live. And instead, you didn't do that. You went the other way and pushed harder with the with Ron Keel band and turned it into a full-time thing and took it started taking it further and further out and further and further on the road. Well, it was always a full-time job from the day and these five guys we've been together, nobody's quit, nobody's gotten fired, everybody's stuck together and no pun intended, we have fought like a band. Right. And when the Badlands House Band was no longer a viable. I mean, obviously that, that business that we were hired to represent folded and closed their doors. And we certainly could have followed suit. And some guys would have some, a lot of bands would have, but I wanted to, I looked around and, and the guys in the band all feel the same way. And at this stage of the game, none of us are getting any younger and father time is undefeated. Uh, I make no bones about it. 
I'm on a, I'm on a one-day contract. <laughs> Again, I'm, tomorrow's not guaranteed for any of us. But we all realized how special the bond between us was and how strong the show was. How we could go on stage in front of a, a, an arena full of people who had no idea who we were or even most of them didn't even have any idea who Ron Keel was. And we could win that audience over, and by the end of the show, they're in the palm of my hand. The band is musically and uh, personally, the guys as human beings and with the strength of character, the friendship that we have. I mean, we're always just texting jokes back and forth to each other, just talking all the time, and just really enjoy each other's company, really like each other. And that's really rare in this business, man. Once you've got it and you find it, you hold on to it for all it's worth and you don't let go unless you're going to drag me kicking and screaming away from this. And I realized that this is by far the, the last best shot for any of us at this stage of the game, at this age. You know, I'm pushing 60. And, you know, who knows? I, I hope that I can have a career like Sammy Hagar, who's still out there crushing it, man. And, you know, that, that, that's a dream come true for me. I, I still feel like the best is yet to come and that I've got a lot to offer both on stage and in the studio and as a songwriter, as a singer, a performer, a radio show host, whatever else I choose to do. Uh, it all comes down to entertaining people. That's what it's all about, telling stories and entertaining people. And this band could have certainly folded our, our tent and went our separate ways. And I'm kind of surprised that once the job was done and nobody was getting paid, and we had the whole rug yanked out from underneath us, and you guys saw... Yeah. What kind of infrastructure we have with the tour bus, the crew, and the, the money, and the, the promotion, and the hype, and, and everything. And all of a sudden, we're on our own. What are we going to call it? we got to change the name of the band. And, of course, I chose the Ron Keel Band, as, as, and the guys have, have had my back every step of the way. And then, of course, you guys know the story. Within weeks of that happening, my wife, Renee, was diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer, and all of a sudden... I couldn't tour that year. 2017 was like, I, I could do a few shows close to home. That was about it. And the guys hung in there with me. And uh, to, to have that kind of loyalty and dedication, and not to mention the quality of, of music that we make together, really special, man. It's, it's worth holding on to, and it's worth fighting for. Sure. Now, Ron, uh, you you mentioned um, you know Renee's battle with the cancer, and um, I just wanted to briefly, and we don't have to get way way into it, but um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Renee's book because it's 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 Renee's book primarily, but you wrote quite a bit of it as well. You know, it's book number five in my life that I've actually read from start to finish, and wow, what a great book, man! I mean. For anybody that's ever gone through anything, it's weird because even though it's it's you know dealing with cancer, it doesn't have to be cancer. It's 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 really one of those stories of anybody that's ever gone through anything can learn not only from Renee's story but from a lot of your stories that you interjected in between each chapter of her, kind of sharing how you were trying to balance exactly what you were just saying being a being a musician with your primary obligation which was taking care of her well we realized and thank you for mentioning that and, and the book uh is available at reneekeel.com it's also in the store at my website ronkeel.com it's called anything but pink on becoming a cancer survivor and you know I, as as she was 
revisiting her blog posts. The book started out as a blog. You know, she would come home as a ther as literally therapeutic way of dealing with it and compartmentalizing what she was going through with what ended up being a, what is it eight surgeries? I think I lost count. Nine, <laughs> nine surgeries, chemo, the radiation treatments where she was literally blistered, skin's falling off because of the, the blistered, burnt skin and all this. And, and she'd be in misery, and they're slicing her open. Oh, oh no, we have an infection. we got to slice you open again. And, oh, we didn't get all the cancer. we got to go back in. And she's just like, oh, cool, all right. I, I said, honey, you're going to have to. You can't just make it seem like everything was a breeze because, pe I mean, people are going to read this and think, oh, well, cancer, no big deal. It right. really was a big deal. It was really scary. Chris, you, you, you've been through it with your son. Yeah. It's absolutely a life changer and a game changer. And going back, you know, I did not write my portions of the book as it was happening. I had to go back and relive it over and over again, chapter by chapter, and look back on my calendars and our, our logs and our journals and uh, a lot of social media posts. What were we doing on April 24th, 2017? Right. And I kind of had to relive it. And that was, even even writing about it was painful for me. But I also got to share some of the moments that that really affected me from a, a businessman, a band leader standpoint as we continued to fight and put the band together. And, right. you know, that's where the album came from. I mean, I told the guys, look, I can't tour this year, but you guys can stop and get some beer, come on over and we'll go down to the basement and write some kids. And, right. You know, that's where songs like Fight Like a Band that, that, that came out. And uh, it's it's a real, honest, gritty album because of the real, honest, gritty story that Renee was selling. And, you know, that's it's really one, re one big reason, guys. And I'm not blowing smoke because she's sitting here in the living room because I'm pacing in the dining room. I've got my special spot here in the dining room <laughs> where I do all my big interviews. Right. This is where I talk to the, the classic metal show and Eddie Trunk or any, any of the big-time guys. They get the Ron Keel pacing in the dining room because I always do my best interviews right here on this one piece of tile. But anyway, she she's the reason I'm here. She's the reason for the reinventing myself and continuing to strive to succeed. And you got this from the book, Chris. Mm -hmm. She's so positive. She forces me to work hard, be positive, and continue to attempt some level of success because if I don't do that, I'm not utilizing my full potential and I'm not the man she married. So right. uh, she, she's a big reason. If without, without her, I would definitely be in the middle of the desert somewhere with a guitar and a shotgun and a bottle of whiskey at my pickup truck. And, you know, because of her, I'm still in the game. Sure. And still having some measure of success. So I give her full credit for that. Right. Well, and, and the thing is, you know, and I, I've said this to you and I've said it to Neely. I don't know if I've told it on the air or not, but I will. You know, when my son was first diagnosed with cancer, I went on just I, I like lost my shit as as everybody does. And I mean, I was like, fuck God, fuck you, fuck everybody. You know, I was. I remember that. I saw it. I heard it. I remember you. What, I remember. Yeah. And Renee was the one and she was going through it herself. Renee was the one that cornered me and was like, what are you doing? You know, and she, she literally missed. And I didn't, to be honest, at that point, I didn't know Renee at all, you know, but she, she yeah. literally hit me up and was like, what are you doing? You're not helping anybody get your shit together. 
How do you, and, and I remember what it was specifically. I was I was venting, and I was saying something about how food was going to taste different, and my son wasn't going to be able to eat because food was going to taste. You know, I was going, I was just venting about some nonsense yeah. that doctors had told me, and she literally typed in in a message to me. She's like, "How do you know what it's going to taste like? Shut up and stop making stuff up." <laughs> and, <laughs> She really did take, she, you know, and I've told her this, so it's not like it's a secret, but she really helped me put my own head back on. And it was right after that point that I was like, okay, I can't be acting like an ass. I got to be very responsible and very tough to help my kid through this stuff. So, you know, she's tough, man. And, uh, and I'll yeah, tell she you, is. you, you read the book and the book shows the toughness but it shows it without being tough, you, you know, and, and I know that's a terrible analogy, but you can tell how tough she is, but it doesn't read like, then I got this fucking another, you know, it's not like that. It's yeah. very, very, I don't know, thought out and, and well-spoken. It's much better than I could do. <laughs> well, that's our girl. Thanks for mentioning that. And, uh, yeah, that once again, I want to recommend the book to anybody. Uh, cancer's touched so many lives of our <laughs> friends, families, loved ones. Of people that we you know know well, or people that we hardly know at all, and friends of friends, and uh, cancer is—we feel the same way about it. And the book is—it uh, is an uplifting, positive spin on—it's a—it's a survivor story, and I—I I, I do believe that there's something in that book for everybody. So, uh, check it out at uh, reneekeel.com. R-E-N-E-E-K-E-E-L.com. Perfect, Ron. Well, Ron, uh, getting back to the uh, fact that uh, you, you know, you're busy, you, you, and I'm going to have you talk a little bit about, you know, this upcoming uh, touring um, opportunity that you have. But I just want to mention something. You you brought up Sammy Hagar uh, a few minutes ago, and his uh, counterpart, David Lee Roth, uh, you know, he's doing a Vegas residency for about 10 dates and then he's going to go out and open up for kiss on this, you know, end of the world tour. Uh, and of course you have your, um, experiences with Gene Simmons of kiss. Have you seen any of the performances by David Lee Roth? And do you have any thoughts? Who on hasn't? It? Who hasn't seen it? <laughs> do you have any thoughts? And- yeah, I have. You know, and I did. I I tried to, to give my take on it. I guess it's a double-edged sword because I do I do see it from both angles. First of all, the guy's an icon, and he at one point he was the greatest front man who ever lived. That's you know, there's hands down. When I saw early Van Halen back in the the late seventies and early eighties during the original run from what seventy nine through eighty four, David was at the top of his game and he, his game was better than anybody else's game. So and that's something you can never take away. I mean, he, he, it's like multiple Super Bowl victories. He is a champion in every sense of the word. So as far as I'm concerned, he has earned the right to go out there and continue to, to do what he loves to do and entertain people. He's a born showman. That being said, from a fan's standpoint, I and I get it. I, I do I do understand that Dave has never been one of the most accurate singers 
in the business in terms of his tone, pitch, delivery, remembering the lyrics and stuff like that. I get it. However, it just feels to me, I, I personally would like to see the singer making a, a, a little more of an attempt to at least maintain some of the phrasing and get the lyrics right. Uh, you don't have to hit all the high notes, but the audience is up to these are these songs are the soundtrack of our lives, and Dave's not the only one who does it. There's singers of every genre and every vocal level of ability that will go out there and they'll try and reinvent their melodies and do stuff that's on the record, and they'll do kind of you know their phrasing's a little off or whatever because it's quote their style or it's what it's the live version or whatever. I, I do believe I would I personally would like to see a little more accuracy in terms of the pitch, the phrasing, the timing, and those notes aren't all that hard to hit. Um, you know, I, I don't think I would enjoy that concert experience myself, but all that really is that Dave's enjoying it. And if you paid for a ticket, I, I've seen mixed group fans who are just glad to see him because, you know, none of us, like I said, Father Time is undefeated. See him while you can. And no, he's not who he used to be. None of us are. But I, I would... I would prefer a little less. And I, I, I did see this one clip where he was talking for what? It's like ten minutes, some kind of just rambling about the dance. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, about, I about know, it might have been one of the things you shared, Chris, on on social media. He's just rambling for ten minutes, talking about something that nobody's going to understand. Right? I don't get that. But man, who am I to criticize? He's he's Diamond Dave, so. I guess that's my take in a nutshell. I'm not digging it, but I, I support his right to dig it. Sure. Is it, is it insulting? And, and and I say that to you specifically. Is it insulting knowing how hard you have to work to be at the to stay as close to the top of your game as you do to see somebody like that? And not just Dave. I don't want to just hammer on Dave. But there's quite a few guys that are in the, in that age frame that do not put in the effort to try to to try to give the fans the best show, and that's what drives me the most crazy. Is the fans? Roth is an example. Roth is charging top dollar for a ticket, and he's not trying his hardest, and that almost makes everybody else in his in his genre have to work that much harder. Because people are going to those shows and getting burned. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does, man. It does, and I get it. I, I, I don't understand it. And it, to me, it looks like he's not 100% comfortable. Maybe he's not even 50% comfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. And it looks like he's not comfortable. And I'm not sure. You know, I, I don't know him. I've met him a couple of times way back in the day. Right. But to me, he always exuded the utmost in cockiness and confidence. And to me, it doesn't look like he's in full control. And yeah, that takes discipline, effort. You've got to really want to sound good. You've, you've got to, maybe, I don't know, man. uh, I just, I'm hoping that my next gig is, you know, the best gig I've ever done, and I, that's all I can control. I, I, I'm a huge Diamond Day fan. I'm a huge Sammy Hagar fan. Sammy's still out there nailing it. Yeah. He's what seventy-two now. 
Yeah. Sammy, yeah, he, yeah, he's, yeah, he's my all-time favorite front man. And he was my all-time favorite front man back in the 80s. And he's still delivering the goods on such a high level. Steven Tyler's another one. Uh, whether the recent controversy with, you know, the Joey Kramer and all that, uh, just to disregard that, Steven Tyler certainly uh, one of those iconic frontmen who is still delivering at a very high level at a very advanced stage. Absolutely, man. Well, Ron, ta- let's talk a little bit about your touring because at this stage in the game, for you to get the opportunity to go to Australia, that's like uh, that's like a big deal, man. The Australian tour is absolutely a dream come true, and I, I can't thank Peter Hoffman, the director of the uh, the event, um, Andrew McNeese from Melodic Rock, who's been instrumental in, in this genre and in that brand for so long now, and Jules Millis, the lead singer from White Widow, who's a friend of mine. I met this kid. He was in, in the front row when we played Rock, Oklahoma in 2009, and I met him there, and he says, i got to get you to Australia, mate. i got a bad of that. <laughs> He had a CD of his band, White Widow, and sure enough, uh, he, he came through, man. He kept pushing these people. So you got to get Ron Keel over here. you got to get Ron. And this is the biggest melodic rock festival or this, the biggest event of its kind ever in Australia and a bunch of tour dates before and after for all of the artists that are involved. Myself, Tony Harnell, Kip Winger, Janet Gardner from Vixen, Enough's Enough. A lot of these great European bands. Eclipse from Sweden. What a great band. Oh, yeah. And uh, just a, an amazing lineup. And we're going over. I've got six shows. I've got four club shows. And then I've got a, a VIP uh, acoustic gig. And then I've got the big show on Melodic Rock Fest stage at the uh, beautiful theater there in Melbourne. And it is a dream come true. I, I at one point, thought, well, yeah, we'll go there next year. You know, and then next year became the next decade and eventually <laughs> realized, man, I'm probably never going to, never going to see it. And not only am I going to see it, I'm going to do it right. And I've got a great band behind me. I'm taking DC called the Ron Keel band as my band leader and my right hand man on stage and on this trip. And we're using some amazing Australian background musicians. The guys in white widow are going to back me up uh, with Dave, and we're going to do a retrospective of music from throughout my entire career. That one-hour show, I get one hour. And you guys know I can fill three, right? We did Keel Fest last year. That was a three-hour gig. Right. Uh, but I've got one hour to, to, to cram all of the eras and genres. I mean, we've got Ron Keel Band, Steeler, all the Keel hits, and Black Sabbath as well included in this, in this show for the Australian tour dates. Uh, I'm super excited. They're doing it right. They're taking good care of me. And it's uh, just a, a dream come true, a chance of a lifetime. Well, we were talking about uh, we were talking about kangaroo steaks uh, a couple weeks ago. There, Ron, uh, would you <laughs> would you be open to having some over there if you were, you know, if Man, you do were... they eat them? Do, do they eat kangaroos? Really? Appa- no, apparently, no. apparently they do. They uh, our good friend Ozzy Ace, uh, our number one Australian guy, along with Tim James, they talked about throwing some roux on the Barbie. I don't think I could do that, man. You know, I, I, I'm really big on uh, sampling the local cuisine. You know, when I tra- travel around the world, I want to I want to immerse myself in the culture. Like when I went to Japan for the first time, but I had sushi in Japan. Dude, they take a sea urchin out of the the, the cooler. It's like swimming around. You take a sea urchin out of the cooler, plop it on a cutting board, hit it with a hammer, and then put it on a plate. That that's that's real sushi. Uh, 
And I, I ate it. I had to eat it, or I would have offended the people in our Japanese record company. I had to go outside and puke as I finished it. I ate it. But uh, I don't think I'm going to be sampling any kangaroo. I looked up, I looked up uh, a couple of really cool burger joints over there, and I've been trying to figure out what to do in Melbourne. Because they're really, you, look, look it up, YouTube it. Well, things to do in Melbourne, there's two things. You could you could go bar hopping, or you could go, or what, what's the other one? <laughs> Drinking is about the only recreational activity. Um, but we're going to go to the Great Ocean Road, which is this beautiful highway along the southern coast of Australia. I'm staying a few extra days. Renee's going with me. We're staying a few extra days after the tour's over with, just to have a little Australian vacation. Very nice. You don't want any roo stew? I do not. I don't think so, man. But you never, I, I get drunk enough. I'll eat anything. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I'm... Are we going to be eating any kangaroo, honey? Or, uh, she should try it. <laughs> there you go. I'll have a bite of yours. Well, well some, of, some of our CMS fans who are hardcore CMS fans will take good care of you over there, I'm sure. Good. I hope so. The people are... So far, everyone I've dealt with from the... The event staff and the other musicians and the media and the radio people and everybody I've been dealing with over there, really, really super nice people. Sure. And it's its a strong show, man. There's some great singers on this bill. I mean, uh, Paul Lane, who did that long set with Danger Danger, who's still just an amazing vocalist. Uh, the guy from from uh, Eclipse, what's his name? Uh, Martinson, Eric Martinson. Yeah. Uh, this guy's amazing. These singers, there's, there's a lot of really good voices on that stage. So I'm gonna I'm not gonna bring my my D game as in right. Dave. I'm gonna bring my A game. <laughs> so uh, I'm just looking forward to it, and I should be warmed up and, and well seasoned by then. I'm in heavy rehearsals now for the Monsters of Rock cruise, which is literally two weeks from today. And uh, I'm a firm believer in practicing, man. You know, I right. I go down in my rehearsal studio here at home and, and I scream my guts out. I go through the whole show top to bottom. I'm the mic stand around doing just what I would do in a, a live simulation, so to speak, right. so that when I do get on stage, I'm ready. Well, I'll tell you this, Ron. If if the way Andrew McNeese treated us when we went to um, to the Melodic Rock Fest, what, a year? Last almost, year almost two years ago. Two years ago here in, in Chicago. If the way he treated us is half as good as he treats you know, treat you guys. You'll be in. You'll be in good shape because he really gave oh, us the treatment, man. He's he does really, really, really good work. Yeah, well, he's uh, certainly been a, a super guy to, to deal with. In my, you know, even before the tour, he was always very supportive of our album releases, and uh, just uh, seems like a really sweet guy. I can't wait to meet him in person. Yeah, he's he's good people, man. And and right one on. one more tour that you have, Canada. You're going to Canada. Canada, and this is uh, this is amazing how these guys do it up there, man. And I know Canada's a big country. We're, we're doing three cities in eastern Canada, and of course I've got the entire western part of the nation pissed off at me because why aren't you coming to Edmonton or, or wherever? But the, the three shows that we've got are uh, Quebec City, Ottawa, and Toronto. Right. And just to uh, the way these guys have coordinated the tour together, the venues and the promoters all working together to make sure that uh, the details are taken care of. And it was the most easy, painless uh, process. If we could get the clubs in Texas to do that, 
I'd be in Texas. Yeah, we'd, we'd, go, we'd have Dallas. We'd have Houston. We'd have Galveston. And Texas would be done. But no, the, these, the, the promoters in the U.S. don't have a clue when it comes to, and that's why we're, we're doing Australia and we're doing Canada because they wanted the product. They wanted the act. They wanted me and they're doing it right. They're, uh, they're, they're doing everything the way it should be done. And of course, whenever you announce tour dates, this really, it's a double-edged sword for me because you go, you want to talk about your gigs, you go on social media and you're, Hey, we're going to Canada. We're going to Australia. And then you get, 50 people bitching because you're not coming to their town. And, you know, there are there are almost 5,000 cities on the planet with uh, 100,000 people or more. And I don't know that we can hit all of them. Uh, it's, it's really tough. And getting a U.S. tour, it's an uphill battle, dude. I, I, I can tell you, we, we do fight. We fight hard. We fight like a band because getting the credibility for Ron Keel Band is still people don't exactly understand it and a lot of people don't know what it is that i'm delivering even though i've got two guys from keel in the band me and gino rc who's been at keel for over 10 years i've got the, the keel logo as part of my brand we've got all the keel songs in our show even the album cuts the, the fan favorites like i said the wrong thing to the right girl and speed demon mm. not just the, the five hit singles but we've got some of those fan favorite album cuts as part of the Ron Keel band show and it is it is a, a constant struggle and now we're, we're just trying to fill the other squares on the calendar we've got some great U.S. gigs you know we've got uh, a couple of big festivals that we're headlining one in uh, just outside of Columbus Ohio the ballpark bash on August 22nd and then uh, there's a couple of other big dates we're trying to to Get back out west. I haven't had the band in, in Hollywood yet. Ron Keel Band hasn't been to Vegas. I haven't played Vegas in five years since I moved away. I'm okay. itching to go back and take this band wherever I can take it. Vegas, Hollywood, Texas. That's definitely got to happen. East Coast dates. Uh, I'm hoping for some, some really cool stuff. Of course, our label now is, is based in Baltimore, Highball Music. And so is one of the radio stations that's uh, really gotten behind my radio show, Streets of Rock and Roll, 97 Underground in Baltimore. And speaking of the radio show, we haven't plugged that yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to need some help while I'm on these tours, while I'm in Canada or Australia. I'm going to need a couple of you guys to, to fill in for me. You know, you've done that in the past. It's done quite well. So I'm counting on you to uh, join the Streets of Rock and Roll and, and sub for me once in a while this year, if that's cool. Yeah, it's good um, with me. <laughs> all right oh, I'll, I'll, I'll count on it because uh i don't know how i'm going to do that you know it's always cool when i come back from the events because i've got sound bites from the fans interviews with the other artists on the bill the monsters of rock cruise recap is going to be a great episode of course i'll be broadcasting from australia while i'm there and uh but uh while i while i'm gone um I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I am so crazy busy. I've got all these, I've got one more big thing that I, I hope to be able to come back on the show and announce here in the months to come, but it, it's absolutely insane. Another big, it's not, I can't talk about it because it's not done yet, but it's just crazy, man. And I keep biting off more than I could chew. I, I, I do believe that I think as, as 
we mature and get a little older, you realize that that you're closer to the end than you are to the beginning. And I wanted there's so much still that I want to do, so many more songs I want to write, so many more gigs and so many more towns, so many more experiences as an entertainer that I want to go through. And I know I'll, I'll, I'll never achieve all those goals, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep dreaming big and, and doing the best I can to, to make those dreams come true. Well, Ron, uh, you know, I'm breathless listening to all your, uh, your activities, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's no secret. Uh, you've been on the show many times and, and you always have something you got to, to put it in the cowboy lingo. You always have a lot of irons in the fire. So, uh, right. you know, so it's, uh, it's always good to see our friends, uh, being successful and, uh, you know, having something going on all the time because that that would be a sad life if you didn't know what you were going to do the next day. Yeah, I'm just going to do whatever I can, and I'm going to I'm going to finish the day, and I'm going to finish my life with a very long, unfulfilled to do list. <laughs> I got a lot of stuff I want to do, and uh, you know, I certainly want to mention if we can the Emerald Sabbath project, which is really cool. Finally, after a year. The remastered version was released yesterday, and we've got a new music video for Die Young, which I, you might have seen the, the social media. I was out in the snow in the graveyard, you know, filming my vocal footage for this new music video for Die Young. But to be able to to cut the classic Ronnie James Dio from Heaven and Hell, Die Young, with Rudy Sarzo on bass, Vinny Apathy on drums, and DC Cother on lead guitar from the Ron Keel Band, Really, really super proud of that Emerald Sabbath project. And it's the closest I'm ever going to get to singing with Black Sabbath, but it's pretty damn close. And you know, I'm really happy with the results. Perfect. All right, Ron. Well, I know you mentioned uh, ronkeel.com and all that. So uh, where where can people find out where they can find you uh, somewhere in the world? That's just the one-stop shop, ronkeel.com, of course. This, you guys know, you guys are more in tune with the pitfalls of social media and the dangers of trusting it too much. We all believed in MySpace back in the day, right? Um, you know, But that website hasn't changed in 20 years, man. RonKeel.com. And you can go there and get on my Instagram, my Facebook, my Twitter. You can see all the videos. You can visit the online store, which is literally it's a huge part of my life. Because a lot of entertainers will bitch about the money now or they're not making any money because Spotify or whatever's taking all their cash. Well, you know, those guys should really bust their ass, build a great online store like the one I have at ronkeel.com and get your product from the label. You pay wholesale like any record store and you autograph those records. You sell them to your fans. You hype, you, know, you, you keep pumping out the hype out there. And you can make a living. And so uh, that that's the one place you can find me online. Now, if you want the extra bump and all the extra cool shit, then you got to go to Patreon, which is what seven bucks a month for total all access, which means VIP access. It shows merch discounts. You get to listen to uh, exclusive audio, unreleased songs, anything. Um, this year I'm releasing oh a new uh, another new album project. Of course, wait, there's more. Uh, <laughs> releasing uh, Alone at Last again, and in 2004 I released my solo acoustic album Alone at Last. It was a Amazing project and a very, uh, you know, I'm literally one of the hardest sessions I've ever done. And I recorded it myself at my house. This year I'm doing the same thing, 
a sequel to the acoustic album, and I'm releasing one song per month on Patreon only. Patreon subscribers and members are the only ones that are going to get to hear this and download these tracks one per month all year long. And then in December, when the CD comes out, there'll be 12 songs on it. Those members who have stuck with me throughout the year, they're going to get one gift wrapped, signed for free for Christmas 2020. So a lot of cool stuff going on at patreon.com slash Ron Keel. And does a a, uh, set of steak knives come with that? <laughs> Man, I hadn't thought about it, but you know, I I could I could do a, a raw kill signature steak knife. Uh, yeah, it's right. A, <laughs> the even keel steak knife. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> don't get me started. But, well, you know, you got to you know part of part of our job is getting is, is sales and people. Uh, it really bugs me when you know guys like Gene Simmons will make a statement. And fans will go on social media and say, oh, he's just doing that to get attention. Well, of course he's doing it. It's our job to get people's attention. I mean, it's what we do. We're entertainers. We're musicians. We're, you know, we're celebrities, whatever you want to call it. But if we're not getting people's attention, we're failing. So, you know, that's what we got to do. That's why, you know, I, I love coming on your show because I know you've got so many fantastic loyal listeners all around the world and give me a great platform where I can just spout and be myself on the show with two of my best friends, Neely and Chris. Thanks again for all your support through the years and and having me uh, a frequent guest on CMS. Perfect. Well, Ron, as always, you're you're welcome back anytime. And uh, good luck on the cruise and good luck on the Australian tour and, you know, good luck in in general with with all your uh, activities. I appreciate it, guys. I'll be back in a few months to announce the grand opening of the Metal Cowboy Saloon, my new venue. Oh, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> we'll talk about that next time. <laughs> All right, Ron. Well, I have uh, your latest release out there, Fight Like a Band, opened up here. Uh, and I'll let you pick a track off of that to take us out of this little get-together. So uh, what do you think we should play? Well, you know, the, the last track on the record, it's called Hey Man, and it turned out to be a, a real fan favorite. I wasn't sure about this tune. I knew it was special for me because it's basically a phone call to an old friend, and it's, it's, it, it's got some message that I think is, is important. You know, reach out to the people you love because you don't know when you're going to lose them. And the first time I sang this song, first time I ever sang this tune was to my best man, the guy who was best man at Renee's and my wedding, it was Big George, and he had cancer. He's 10 years younger than me. He had cancer. I sang it to him on his deathbed five days before he died. It was the first time I ever sang the song, and he was a big part of the reason I wrote the song. And I think some of that emotion and, and some of that message really comes out in this one. So if you wouldn't mind playing that one, it's kind of southern at the start, but trust me, metalheads, it gets heavy in the middle, so don't you know, just keep it cranked up through the entire song. Perfect. All right. Well, go check out Ron on the uh, Rock Cruise as well as his Australian C- Canadian tours coming up here shortly. And go visit him over there at uh, ronkeel.com and take in all the goodies. So, uh, Ron, as always, we appreciate you taking the time. So, uh, here it is. This is from the Fight Like a Band, and this is called Hey Man, exclusively here. What, Ron? On the classic metal show. Crank it up and keep it up. 